As believers, we can live victoriously over the flesh, the world, and the devil. In part 6 of this series, we share practical biblical instructions on living victoriously over the world. Right, I was going to call Roshan Jonas to lead us in our declaration this morning, please. Good morning church. I'm going to ask you to stand to uh, your feet right now. If you have your bibles with you, turn to Psalm 107 verse 2. Psalm 107 verse 2. It says, "Let the redeemed of the Lord say so." whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy can we read that verse together is that okay uh oh there it is <laughs> right let's go 1 2 3 let the redeemed of the lord say so whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy amen is anybody here who's redeemed by the lord come on is anybody here who's redeemed by the lord See the Bible says let the redeemed of the Lord say so that means we have to say so. Okay if a prisoner who comes out of prison he doesn't just keep saying that I'm a prisoner I'm a prisoner. He says I'm a free man. Any free people in the house? Come on church. <laughs> Any free people in the house? We've been redeemed. Okay look to the person next to you and say I am redeemed. come on say it like you mean it i am redeemed okay i've been redeemed by the power of satan i am redeemed by the power of darkness and sin amen amen so come on let's lift up our bibles high up in the air let the redeemed of the lord say so this is god's word this is god speaking to me i am who god says i am i can do what god says i can do I will become everything God has promised. I am saved, healed, delivered, redeemed. I am blessed, victorious, prosperous, triumphant. I am a minister of God, a servant of Christ, and a channel of his blessing to many people. I receive his word. I believe his word and I live by his word. Christ is my master and to him I am in absolute surrender. I live the more glorious life in the spirit. I manifest the more glorious ministry of the spirit. In Jesus name. Amen. Okay, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Come on. So put your hands together to the Lord. <laughs> Amen. All right, are you ready for some good news? We got a couple of testimonies that we want to share with you. Um, and we thank God for all testimonies that come 
uh, whatever kind of healing, whatever work God does, we are, you know, we just like to share it. We like to celebrate uh, with the people who've experienced God's goodness in their lives. Uh, this testimony came by, e both of these came by email. One was on the 4th of March. Uh, this person writes, praise the Lord. I would like to share what God has done for me this week. Ever since the year 2008, that means 13 years back, uh, this person has been allergic to eggplants. Uh, and uh, this person made two failed attempts of having them, uh, trying to eat them. And each time ended up with itchy rashes erupting over the joints of my hands and feet. Uh, during the prayer at the end of last week's Supernatural su Sunday service, I felt the urge to ask the Lord to take away the, the allergy. The following Wednesday night, I made my third attempt at eating eggplant after 13 years. All I can say is that by his stripes, I'm healed. Absolutely no rashes. The mighty Jehovah has healed me. Amen? Now, some of you may be grateful you don't have to eat eggplant. <laughs> but hey, thank God for healing. Amen? And, you know, this is so wonderful that even these things, that, you know, God would work in people's lives, respond to people's faith, and do these wonderful things. Uh, here comes, here's another email that came on the 5th of March. I take this opportunity to thank the Lord for his touch of healing. Last Sunday, during the Supernatural Sunday, Pastor Gene prayed for pain in the joints. I've been, I'm suffering from varicose vein problem, and I'm under treatment due to which the pressure was falling on the back of my ankle for the past few months. I was in severe pain. In spite of mentioning it to the dog, nothing helped. Last Sunday, I placed my hand on my ankle and prayed, uh, for, uh, for, prayed to God for taking away the pain. I did not realize that the pain had gone. I noticed that two days later, I praised God for touching me and removing the pain from the back of my ankle. Amen. Thank God for that healing. Amen. So we celebrate, we give thanks to God. And for those of you who, you know, you received uh, some, a touch of God in any of our services, just feel free to share it. So we can share with people. I will try to keep it anonymous and, and uh, you know, just so that we could all celebrate with you uh, and the goodness of God. All right. Uh, we've been on, a, on a, quite a journey uh, since January on this series, of, uh, on this series called Overcoming. Uh, we've got a few more messages before we wrap this series up today. It's the sixth sermon in this series on overcoming. And just want to quickly recap and then address uh, a, a few things here. We've had some breaks in between because we had our you know, Supernatural Sundays and also the anniversary service. You know, in this series uh, um, entitled Overcoming, we are learning how to live victorious over the flesh, the world, and the devil. And we, we have been reiterating, reaffirming over and over again that as believers, we can live victorious over the flesh, the world, and the devil. Every believer, you're born to be an overcomer. You're born to live victorious over the flesh, the world, and the devil. And so we've kind of been building this understanding over the last several weeks. We began, first of all, the very first sermon, we, uh, we affirmed the Bible says, whoever is born of God overcomes the world. Now, because you're born of God, because you believe in Jesus Christ, you are an overcomer. That means you have victory over these things. And then we, uh, uh, we shared uh, that uh, the basis for us to live overcoming lives, first of all, is 
the cross of Jesus Christ is because of what Jesus did for us on the cross. And second is our identity in Christ because of who God has made us to be in Christ. And you and I understand these two important truths, the cross and our identity, then it becomes the basis for us to live victorious, overcoming lives. Now, how do we do this practically? So we said God empowers us, number one, by his word, and secondly, by his spirit. So we have to live by the word of God and walk in the spirit to live this victorious, overcoming life. And then in part five, the last message in the series, we talked about overcoming the flesh. What do we do to overcome the flesh? The flesh is just our, uh, 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 the, the appetites of our body, the appetites of, the, of our natural self, which are wrong. We have appetites that are legitimate, that are good. You know, we all eat, we all drink, we all sleep, we all rest, we all exercise, we all, uh, you know, have recreation. All these are legitimate things, they're fine. But then our natural self, our body also has wrong desires. And, and, and they are the things that pull us away from God, pull us down. And how do we live victorious over the flesh? We talked about that in part five. Today, we're going to talk about overcoming the world. Now, Overcoming the world means we're talking about this whole system around us. You see, we are in this world, which really is in some way hostile towards God. That's why, uh, especially in the book of John, John, uh, John and his epistles, he refers to the world as in darkness. The whole world, he says, lies in the lap of the wicked one. The whole world is in darkness. And here you are, you and I, we're in this world. In a totally hostile environment, a dark environment, so to speak. We're talking about in spiritual terms. So how can we live victorious over the world? And the world is, is, is you know, having its pull on us. And if you and I want to broadly categorize the challenges that we face in the world, we could put it in these three broad buckets, so to speak. You know, we could say, number one, uh, there are the attractions of the world, the influences and the attractions that we face. Secondly, there are the cares and the pressures that we all face. The responsibilities awaits the pressures. I mean, we'll talk a little bit about each of these. I'm just outlining. You know. And the third one is, of course, hardships, troubles, trials, persecutions, difficulties, unexpected things happen. You know, so when we talk about the world, we're talking about all of this. The influences, the attractions that pull on us, the, the cares and the pressures, the stresses of life. And we're also talking about the hardships, the trials and the persecutions. So let's just expand a little bit on that. And then we, what we want to focus on is how do we overcome these things? How do you live victorious in the midst of all these things? But let's just talk about the, the challenges we face. First of all, you know, the influences and the attractions of this world. Oh, you know, none of us are exempt from it. Doesn't matter how spiritual you and I may be. You and I can say, you know, I'm going to cluster myself in a monastery. or I'm going to go up to some huge mountain, some tall mountain somewhere and hide myself away. Well... As long as you've got your mind there and maybe your mobile phone, <laughs> those influences will follow you wherever you go. There's a pull of the worlds that we all face. Right? 
And, uh, you know, very interestingly, the Apostle Paul, he mentions one of his co-workers. We read about him the first time in Philemon chapter 1. There's only one chapter there. Philemon 1.24. We read about him. His name is Demas. And Paul says, Demas is my fellow worker. Paul, in his, in his writing, in his last epistle, 2 Timothy chapter 4, his final epistle, uh, last episode, and in the conclusion of that episode in chapter 4 of 2 Timothy, he once again mentions Demas, and he says, Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world, and has departed. Now, can you imagine? He was a fellow worker of the apostle Paul. He must have gone to all these places where Paul went preaching and seen the works of God, and all of that. He's a fellow worker, a team member. And in his final episode, Paul is saying, Demas has forsaken me. Why? Having loved this present world. It's gone. The pull of this world has been so much on him. He forsook the call of God, the ministry, and he went off into the world. I'm, I'm mentioning this particular person and this incident because this is real. Nothing can exempt you and me from the pull of this world. And we need to learn how to live victoriously over the influences and the attractions and the pulls of this world. The good news, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. I don't know if the PowerPoint is working. It is working, okay? Uh, 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. Uh, Peter writes, he says, you know, that blessed be God who uh, 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 as his divine power, let me read it here for us. Uh, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. So God has given to us everything that pertain to life and godliness. And then he says, by these exceeding great and precious promises, we escape the corruption that is in the world through lust. So God has made us partakers of his divine nature. And he's given us these great and wonderful promises that is his word so that we can escape the corruption that is in the world. So say this with me. God has given me. His divine nature and His precious promises so that I can escape the corruption that is in the world because of lust. So in the world there is moral decay, corruption. But as a believer, God has already given you what you need to escape it. Amen? That means you don't have to go on with the same corruption. You don't have to have the decay of your moral character just because you and I are in the world. But God has given to us His divine nature and these exceeding great and precious promises so that by these, you know, we can escape the corruption that's in the world. Amen? Now in that same episode, in 2 Peter chapter 2 and in verse 20, Peter warns, he says, you know, after we have escaped the pollutions of this world through our knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, if we go back to those things, it says our latter end is worse than the beginning. In other words, look, God has done such a great work for you and me that he's made it possible for you and me to escape the pollutions that are in the world when we got saved. And after receiving such kind of provision, if we go back into those things, I know you can use any term, fill in the blank. <laughs> He's saying, your latter end is worse than the beginning. Right? But the point I want to em emphasize is, God has given to us what we need to overcome 
the attractions, the, the pull of this world, the influence of this world. Second challenge that you and I face as believers is the, uh, the, uh, the cares and the pressures of this world. For those of you who are students, you know. I mean, right now, you just had a good time praising worship, but you know you've got an exam tomorrow or something coming up in the near future. And there's a pressure. And you've got to study, you've got to pass those exams, and then it doesn't end with that. You know, you've got another year to do, another year to do. And, and, and though the pressures of life are real. But those of us who are in the workplace, you know how hard it is. And I spent time, 20 years in the, almost 20 years in the IT industry. I know I've worked ah, crazy hours. Sometimes you know, 14 hours a day, sleep two hours, get two or three hours, get back in the morning, go to back to work. Why? Because there's a deadline. You can't tell, you can't tell your customer, sorry, I couldn't do it. You just say, sorry, I don't want to pay. <laughs> so you don't have the option of saying sorry. Sorry is not an excuse when you're in in the world. If you have given a date, you've got to deliver it. And I know. I've spent those nights, those, those long hours in order to deliver things to customers and in order to see things happen. It was not easy. And some of you are there. You're working in the industry and you've got those pressures. Maybe you're, you're on the sales side and you know, your, your boss at the end of the month, on the first of the month, he says, how many sales did he close? He gives you a target. And if you don't meet the target, your job's on the line. Sorry is not an excuse. So there are pressures. Whatever area, of, whatever you're working in, even if you're at home, you're a homemaker, you've got to get up every day, make sure things are there for your family, your family is cared for. There are pressures. So nobody's exempt. But then, it is these very pressures that can weaken us. In our walk of faith and living that victorious life. Jesus, you know, in the parable of the sower, and we are familiar with this, Mark 4, I think it's verse 20. He said, you know, uh, uh, on the seed that, was, uh, uh, that fell among thorns, he said, the cares of this world. He also mentioned the deceitfulness of riches and the desire for other things. Choke the word. So we talked about that in the first one, the deceitfulness of riches the desire for other things. But then he also mentioned the cares of this world. They affect us. They choke what God wants to do in us. So God wants to do a very wonderful work in your life, in my life. But you know what? If you're not careful, we will let the pressures of this world actually choke what God wants to do through us. And so how do we live victorious over that? The good thing is we know 1 Peter 5 verse 7. It says, casting all your cares on him because he cares for you. So you and I can actually live a life that's free from the cares. Meaning, not run away from it, but you're able to handle it. You live up to it. You deliver your, on your deadlines. You meet your targets. You do the things you have to do. And yet be able to do it with that sense of freedom because you've dropped your cares over on the Lord. Amen. So we can live like that. We can learn to do that. And then think about the hardships, the trials, the difficulties we all face. 
And no life is exempt from storm. Even if you're building on the rock, Jesus said, the winds and the waves will come. The storms will come. The winds and the waves will come. The waters will rise. So going through life has its challenges, its tribulations, its troubles. Jesus said in John 16, when he's talking about his peace that he gives to us in John 16, 33, he said, peace I leave with you. Let's read it. Peace I leave with you. Yes, let's read it. John 16, 33. Yeah, these things I've spoken unto you that in me you may have peace. I was quoting a different verse, sorry. In the world you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So he says, look, I've spoken these things to you so that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But be cheerful. Be happy. Because I've overcome the world. So while you and I will face tribulation... Uh, the Christian life is not exempt from tribulation, from hardships, from difficulties, from trials. But the wonderful thing is that while we are facing those things, we can walk in the peace and the cheer that comes from God. Amen? So, these are the challenges we face in the world. How do we live victorious over these things? How can we, you know, overcome these things. And I want to just, you know, put it down very simply. I want to share four biblical instructions. So if you take, you know, you read the Bible and you sit back and say, okay, what does the Bible tell me on how I can live victorious over these things that I'm facing? I would try to condense it into these four statements. So these four simple, practical, biblical instructions for you and me on how to live victorious over the world, meaning all of these things that we spoke about. Number one, I just mentioned all four. Number one is this. We learn, let me look at my notes here. Yeah. We set our desires on things above. Number two, we are sanctified by the word and the spirit. Number three, we live by faith in God and with a renewed mind. And number four, we must be spiritually minded and earthly wise. And I want to explain each of these for us. Number one. Set your desires on things above. Colossians chapter 3 verses 1, 2, and 3. Let's read it together please. If you then were raised with Christ, seek those, those things which are above. Where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. So, the first thing that we must learn to do is to set our desires, our affections on things above. So while we are living on the earth, and we are engaging with the things of the earth, our Primary affections are on heavenly things. We have set our affection on things above. Because our life is hidden with Christ in God. It's there. Now, I understand that we all have earthly ambitions. We all have earthly aspirations. And we must. As a student, you must desire that, you know, uh, maybe I finished my bachelor's, uh, 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 maybe I should do my master's, maybe some of you may want to go do your PhD. That's fine. You've got those aspirations. It's great. Or 
You finish your studies, uh, you're, in your, you're, you're in the workplace, you have ambitions. And you want to go up uh, uh, professionally. You want to increase your knowledge, you want to move up into uh, greater, higher roles, have more responsibility, achieve more, whatever. Or you, uh, as an entrepreneur, you may want to start a business that, that is very successful. We all have earthly, and we should have earthly ambitions and aspirations. I'm not saying this wrong. But while we are doing all of that, our affections are set on things above. So what do you mean? The why to the what is from above. Why are you pursuing it? Because I want to serve God. Because I want to see God use me to touch people for his kingdom. That's the why. The what is maybe a master's degree or, you know, getting out to a more successful place professionally. The what could be different for all of us. But the why is the kingdom of God. I want to glorify God. I want God to be glorified through my life. I want to be able to touch lives for the kingdom of God. I want to be in a place where I can be salt and light. Where I can have influence and impact for the kingdom of God. That's the why. And that's heavenly. He says, set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. Are you with me so far? So that's how we live as overcomers. Our affections are on, on things above. God is our motivator. Jesus put it like this. He said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. He didn't say we, these things will not come into our lives. They will come into our lives. They will be added to us. It doesn't mean we shouldn't enjoy them. You enjoy them. Uh, you make use of those things. Wonderful. But you are seeking first the kingdom of God. Say, God, that's why I'm doing this. So for a believer, everything in life is from kingdom perspective. Everything in life is from kingdom perspective. How, so you ask yourself the question, how does what I'm doing or what I'm pursuing on the earth, how does it serve the purpose of God's kingdom? So you're living from that perspective. You're living from heaven's perspective. In your education, in your profession, and in every aspect, God, let this serve your, your kingdom. Let it be for your kingdom's glory. So that's the first thing. Set your affection, your desires on things about. Live from heaven's perspective. Secondly, we are sanctified by the word and the spirit. So let me just back up. You know, when you and I live from kingdom perspective, then the influences of the world will not have, the attractions of the world will not have as great a pull on you as somebody else who's purely doing it from an earthly perspective. Like the songwriter said, you know, the things of the earth will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. Somehow, because you're living from heaven's perspective, the pull of these attractions, the desire for things, oh, it doesn't have. 
God blesses you and God says, you know, I want you to give so much money away. You give. You don't feel like, oh, I've lost. No, you feel like, I've gained. When I give something away, I've gained. Because I'm doing something that advances the kingdom of God. And in the kingdom of God, everything is multiplied. Are you with me? And so now money can, doesn't have a hold on you. You're working, you're earning, but money doesn't control you. Why? Because you look at money from a kingdom perspective. You look at your profession from a kingdom perspective. You look at your position from a kingdom perspective. Everything is from that dimension. So now that doesn't control you anymore. Amen? So back next to the second point, which is we are sanctified by the word of God and the spirit of God. The word sanctified is an old English word. It simply means to set apart, consecrate, to set apart for sacred use. So we are sanctified by the word of God and by the Holy Spirit. So this is the only way a believer can be sure to stay holy. It's by the word of God and by the spirit of God. There's no other option, no other way. It's, we have to open our lives to the Word of God. You have to read your Bible. You've got to get the Word into you. Amen? Thank God that we can all gather together once a week and spend about 45 minutes or so or an hour or so, you know, uh, in the Word and prayer and worship. And, and, and I thank God for that. You know, maybe two hours we have that wonderful time. Thank God for it. But, you know, on a daily basis, you and I need that Word coming into our hearts. Coming into our minds. And we need the work of the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit in our lives every day. Because it's the Word of God. And it's the Holy Spirit that can keep us sanctified. That means set apart. Are you listening? It's the Word of God and the Holy Spirit who keeps us sanctified. So we need the Word of God and the Holy Spirit. Every day on a daily basis. So how will you do it? You know, you may read your Bible in the morning, after night, or you may listen to your Bible, or you know, each one has, you know, us can do it in different ways. That's okay. But the Word of God must get into you. And you and I must be open. Holy Spirit, please help me. Because only God, by His Spirit and by His Word, can keep our whole being set apart for Him. You know, in, in the 17th chapter of John, Jesus was praying for you and me. Do you know Jesus prayed for you? You can tell your neighbor, Jesus prayed for me. <laughs> he prayed for you. He is praying for you as well. And Jesus prayed for you and me. And he said, Father, they are in this world, but they are not of the world. That means I am sending them into the world. But they're not going to conform to the world. They're not of the world. And that same pr prayer in John 17 and verses 16 and 17, he said this. He said, you know, they are, not, they are not of the world just as I am not of the world. And then in verse 17 he said, sanctify them. Means set them apart. Keep them for yourself. Set them apart for you. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is in other words, he's saying, sanctify them by your word. 
So he's saying, they're not of the world. They're different people. How can they live this set-apart life in the world? By your word. Sanctify them by your word. So, you and I must be sanctified by the word and by the spirit. You let the word of God and the work of the Holy Spirit touch every aspect of your affections. Every aspect of who you are. So that you can be consecrated. Live that life for God. So that the pulls, the attractions of the world. And the cares of this world. Are not going to destroy you and me. Amen. So when you and I face those things. I say no, I live by the word of God. The word of God tells me this. For instance, you know, you go to your workplace and uh, in your workplace, you know, uh, maybe your, your very close friend uh, is, is, is telling you all the wrong things. His influence on you is not positive, it's negative. So you're hearing constantly the wrong things. And whatever, you know, he may be talking about, he or she may be talking about. The influence that's coming from there, the input that's coming from there, the things that they're sharing with you is actually not good. How are you going to combat that? How are you going to overcome that? It's only when you remind yourself at that moment, no, this is what the Word of God says. I'm going to live by the Word, not by the suggestions of my friends. You need the Word. If you don't have the word, whatever your friend is saying is going to be a loud voice in your brain. It's going to influence you and take you away. So you've got to combat that with the word of God. And then at the same time, you pray, Holy Spirit, help me. This is what these people are saying. But what are you saying, O oh Lord? And he is a spirit of truth. He will guide you into all truth. Simple example, in the workplace, oh, your colleague, he's met a, you know, he, he met his target, he's done it all, you know, your, the, your boss is so happy about him, you know, he's, he's, you know, he's been the best salesman, then you go talk to him and say, how did you do it? He said, man, I'll tell you very simple, when you're working in India, all you need to do is one thing called bribe, you know? and then you can close every deal. Ah, I'm not sorry, I, I shouldn't suggest in India it happens all the world. <laughs> So he says, you know, this is what I did. I bribed everybody. I closed every deal. You know, and I look good. He says, guy, he's telling you. Guy, that's all you have to do. Just that little extra money. Pay all these guys. You close all the deals. And you two will be like me. You'll get the awards. Now that's what he's telling you. How are you going to fight that? Well, you need the word of God. God's word says, blessed is he, you know, whose hands, whose heart is clean, his hands are pure. So he walks in integrity, walks securely. That means the best way to walk safely is to walk in integrity, not, you know, through corrupt means. Ill-gotten gain, ill-gotten, this Proverbs, ill-gotten gain will fly away. So you need the word. 
to combat that wrong influence on you. Otherwise, you may be a believer, but it's so easy to be drawn away by that kind of an influence. And you say, well, even I have to do it. God, sorry, but I have to do this. No, you don't have to. You are sanctified by the Word and by the Holy Spirit. Amen? And instead, you and I pray and say, Holy Spirit, you give me favor. When I go on my sales calls, when I go to meet my uh, prospective customers, when I make my pre-sales presentations, and when I do, I will do everything with integrity, I will do it with excellence, and Lord, you empower me by your anointing to close the deals. That's how you pray as a believer. Are you with me? You are sanctified by the Word and by the Spirit and all these things. The third key for us, a biblical practical instruction on how we overcome the world is that we must live by faith in God and with a renewed mind. In every situation, live by faith in God and with a renewed mind. Let's say this together. I live by faith in God and with a renewed mind. Let's say it one more time. I live by faith in God and with a renewed mind. See, in every situation, live by faith in God. So storms, winds, and waves will come to all of us. Just like the disciples in Luke chapter 8, you know, you have Jesus in your boat and you're sailing along merrily down life's stream. And suddenly, unexpectedly, the winds and the waves begin to lash. God is asleep. Jesus is asleep. What are you going to do? You remember that incident? Jesus asked his disciples, where is your faith? In other words, when you and I are face the wind and the waves, what, what does he expect us to do? He expects us to counter it with our faith in God. So you stand up in the winds and the waves and say, my God is with me. I command the winds and the waves to see. So you deal with those situations with your faith in God. You know that faith can move mountains. You know that your faith in God can handle those situations. So you speak to the winds. You speak to the storms. You speak to those adversities. You don't let them dominate you. Amen? So in life, when you and I face those challenges difficultly, speak to it. Use your faith. When you are faced with a financial problems, speak to those problems. Say, in the name of Jesus, I declare... God's word. God's word says, My God supplies all my need according to his riches in glory. So you are using your faith with that trial, with that difficulty, with that trouble. You're using your faith against that problem. You're not sitting there and just letting it happen. No, you're using your faith to address it. You're speaking to the mountain, speaking to the challenge. So you live by faith in God. The Bible tells us, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 7, we walk by faith and not by so we are people who live by faith. You know, we are all going to see the challenges. We're all going to face problems. But you counter those challenges with your faith in God. With what the word of God says concerning that situation. 
So you live by faith. Amen? And with a renewed mind. What do we mean by renewed mind? A renewed mind is a mind that is able to take on the ways and thoughts of God instead of the ways and thoughts of the world. See, in every situation, you have a choice. You can, think of, uh, you can look at it from the ways and thoughts of the world, or you can look at it from the ways and thoughts of God. A renewed mind is a mind that is able to go from here to there. That means it's able to look at things from God's perspective, take on the ways and thoughts of God. I think a great example is in John chapter 6, and I just want you to step into this story with me. All right? So all of us know about virtual reality. So just imagine this. Now you've got to put, this, put your mind to work. Imagine you're stepping into John chapter 6. You're on a hillside. You're one of the 12 disciples of Jesus. The others with you are Peter, James, John, Andrew and Philip, and Judas. And there's this crowd of 5,000 men besides women and children. So that's not a huge number of people. And you're right there next to Jesus. And Jesus suddenly uh, looks at you know, Philip, and he said, hey, Philip, come here. So you run, along, you run along, you know, you want to hear what Jesus is saying. You want to hear every word that Jesus is saying. And so you hear what Jesus tells Philip. Jesus tells Philip, Philip, let's give them all something to eat. And you're standing next to Philip. You're thinking KFC, McDonald's, <laughs> you know, or this Chinese takeaway, or, you know, whatever. Where can I get food for 5,000 people right now? And Philip does exactly what most of us become students or graduates would have done. Philip does his calculation. And he says, Lord, even 200 denarii, whatever that amount was, cannot, is not enough money to go buy food for these people. And of course, all eyes go to Judas. Because he's the keeper of the money. And he looks down because he knows he just spent the last penny, right? And Judas, there's no money in the bag. And then Andrew comes. Andrew is this really simple, childlike, believing person. He knows everybody, you know, everybody's computer is working overtime. How do we buy food for 5,000 people? How much money do we need? Whom should we call? Who can deliver it quickly for us? Can Zomato, Swiggy, who can do? All the minds working. Andrew comes. Lord, I found this little boy. Five loaves, two fish. He gives it to Jesus. Five loaves, two fish. Jesus smiles. And you're there. You're looking at Jesus like, What's, there's nothing to smile about. <laughs> Five loaves, two fishes, thousands of people. And then Jesus says, tell them all to sit down. What did you say, Jesus? Tell them all to sit down. Well, you follow instructions. So you tell them all to sit down. What next? Jesus takes five loaves, two fish, says a short prayer, gives thanks. And you're standing with the other, the other 11 right next to Jesus. He comes to you. He puts a little piece of bread and fish in your hands. And he does the same for all the others. 
wow, you're thinking, at least I, I got something to eat. <laughs> and after he does that, Jesus says, boys, turn around, go serve them. And you're like, one tiny piece of bread, one piece of a fish, not even one whole fish, a piece, maybe half, or less than half. And you're just happy that you're looking at Jesus and not the crowd. But he says, turn around, boys. And with much fear and trembling, you turn around. And there are thousands of eyes looking at you, and you've got one piece of bread and one piece of fish. And Jesus says, go give it to them. And you're wondering whom to give this to. Whom to give this to. But a renewed mind learns to think God's way and walk, think God's thoughts and walk God's ways. So with all the courage you have, you start walking. And you look for the smallest child in the crowd. At least I can feed one child. And you go to that child, and you give that bread, and you give the fish. The moment it leaves your hand, another bread, another fish. Something's up here. So you move to the next person. You give the bread. You give the fish, and the moment it leaves, something more comes into your hands. Are you getting it? And soon, thousands of people eat lunch that day. But a renewed mind is able to think God's thoughts and God's ways and work with God in order to see things happen here on earth. And God is looking for you and me to be like that. Are you with me? That's how you and I are going to overcome the world. By walking with faith in God and with a renewed mind. When you and I walk with a renewed mind, we are able to open up our lives so that God can work through us. The natural mind has no space for God. But a renewed mind which is taking on the ways and thoughts of God, opens up and says, God, you work through me. And God always does. And you can overcome any situation, any challenge, any trial, any need, any mountain, any storm. And you walk by faith in God and with a renewed mind. And that's what he's calling you and me to do. The last point that I want to just mention here, as we talk about living, overcoming, victorious lives, it may seem paradoxical. It may seem exactly opposite of what I've said, but it's still biblical. We must learn to be spiritually minded and earthly wise. Let's say to that together. I am spiritually minded and earthly wise. Let's say it again. I'm spiritually minded and earthly wise. Now this phrase actually came to me, I think it was way back in 1993, I was still a college student at that time, and then I wrote this message back then. And uh, we have it as a small little booklet on our, on our church website by the same title, Being Spiritually Minded and Earthly Wise. Because at that time, as I was just thinking and meditating, I was seeing, you know, I was seeing 
a, a gap in the lives of God's people. Some people were so spiritually minded, they just had no connection with reality, reality meaning the real world. They loved God, they would worship, pray, but when it came to everyday life, it was like a fish out of water. They didn't know how to live life on earth. They were extremely fit for heaven, but unfortunately they had 40 more years on earth, at least. And they had no clue how to live the next 40 to 60 years on earth. I mean, they were so spiritually minded, they didn't know how to navigate through life. But they had to, you have to live the next 40, 60 years of your life. And that's when I was, as I was spending the time with God, I said, you know, it's so important for us believers to learn to be spiritually minded but earthly wise. And then I went back to scripture and I saw it's there in scripture. Jesus taught us that. Matthew 10 and uh, I think verse 16, he said, you know, uh, verse 16, he said, Behold, I'm sending you forth as sheep among wolves. I know it's going to be hard. So did, he didn't say, I'm sending you as sheep to the wolves. All the best. No. He said, I'm sending you as sheaves, as sheep among wolves. So what do you do? Don't get eaten. He said, be wise as serpents and harmless as so he said, look, I know I'm sending you into a hostile environment. I'm sending you into a world that is not supportive. It's not encouraging. It's very hard. It's very harsh. But here's the key. You've got to be wise while you're being harmless. So Jesus told us, be wise. In fact, in the parable of the unjust steward in Luke 16 after he goes through that parable, uh, he concludes by saying that the master commended the unjust steward for, you know, for what he did. And Luke 16 verse 8. And uh, uh, because he was very shrewd. And then Jesus made this statement. He said, the sons of this world, the people of this world are more shrewd, more prudent than the sons of light. Sons of light, children of God. Sons of the world. They are more shrewd. They are more prudent. Means they know how the system works. That doesn't mean you and I cannot leverage the system. We are spiritually minded. We, are set, we have set our affection on things about, but be wise. So gain knowledge, both natural and spiritual. Why? Because people pay you for your natural knowledge. Right? And you need to make money. Are you with me? So get wisdom. Both spiritual wisdom and earthly wisdom. How do you be, how to live wise on earth? Get it? Because we've got to engage this world. But we do it in a right way. We do it in a godly way. We do it with wisdom that comes from above. And, and James 3, 13 through 17, it contrasts earthly wisdom and godly wisdom. Earthly wisdom is characterized by these things. It's, it says there in James 3, it's by bad conduct. People behave badly. 
It's, con it's, it's, it's characterized by selfishness, selfish ambition. It's characterized by jealousy and strife. These are the four characteristics. And then you can say that's earthly wisdom. But how do you know you're walking with godly wisdom? Godly wisdom is characterized in James 3, James 3, 13 to 17, gives eight characteristics of godly wisdom. It's, it's peaceful. It is merciful. It is pure. It is, uh, there is no partiality in it. There is no hypocrisy in it. And he says, you know, these are the characteristics. Now, you know, there are about eight of them. That, that, that is godly wisdom. So when you live like that, in the earth, you're operating the earth, but you're operating with godly wisdom. Are you understanding? And really, for you and me to live victorious on this earth, we must be spiritually minded, but also be earthly wise. Remember, you and I are sheep in the midst of wolves. And so we need to engage with wisdom from God and outsmart the devil. Outsmart the sons of this world. And we can with the wisdom that comes from God. Amen? So, just to recap this message today. We said, as believers in this world, there are three areas of challenges. One, we face the influences and the attractions of the world. Secondly, there are the cares and the pressures of this world. And thirdly, there are the trials and the, the troubles and the persecutions that come from things around the world that we face. But you and I can live victorious. We can overcome. Because Jesus said, be of good cheer, I have overcome. And he did it for us. So you and I can live victorious over the world. But there are biblical instructions given to us to live that overcoming life. And I've tried to uh, capture it in these, three, in these four statements. Number one, set your desires on things above. Be kingdom-minded. Live from heaven's perspective. Seek first the kingdom. Secondly, be sanctified by the word and by the spirit. Stay in that place where you're set apart for God. So that the even though the pull of the world comes, the attraction of the world comes, you are already sanctified. You're being set apart for God by His Word and by His Spirit. And this is an ongoing process, day by day. Thirdly, you overcome these things when you live by faith in God and with a renewed mind. Live by faith in God and a renewed mind. Learn to take on the ways and thoughts of God. That's a renewed mind. And live by faith in God. And lastly, be spiritually minded, but also be earthly wise. Outsmart the devil. Outsmart wickedness and corruption and all of those things. God has an answer for those things. But you and I must walk with the wisdom that comes from God to outsmart these things. Without compromising who we are. Amen? We're going to take some time to pray. Worship team, please come. I want to call our pastors as well to come, please. I know Selena is here. Nancy might be here as well. We're going to take some time to pray. And today, I'm going to pray. And then after that, the pastors will also pray with us. We want to pray and say, God, we want each one here 
to live victorious lives, overcoming whatever we face. There's this beautiful verse in 2 Corinthians 2.14. The Bible says, thanks be to God who always causes us to triumph in Christ. He always causes us to triumph. So no matter what you're facing today, God is with you. God is on your side and he will cause you to triumph. Because it's written there. He always causes us to triumph in Christ. So I want to pray that over us. I want to speak that over us and say, God, that each one of us as believers, that in this world, whatever we face, we're going to come out victorious. The attractions, the influences, the cares and the pressures, the hardships and the persecutions, whatever we face, we're going to come through victorious. And we're going to show the world that we are truly his chosen people, his peculiar treasure. Amen? Let's rise to our feet, please, and take some time to pray. We're going to pray with you. We're going to pray over you. And, and let the Word of God that, that has been spoken to you today empower you. Father, we just pray that everyone present here in this auditorium, and Father, everyone watching, online God Lord Jesus you said in the world you'll have tribulation but be of good cheer I have overcome the world Lord you have overcome so that we can overcome and Father we pray over each person That no matter what situation they are in right now, today, no, no matter what circumstances, no matter what the challenges, no matter what the pressures, no matter what the influences that might be pulling on them, Today, when they walk out of this place, and for those watching online, right there in their homes, wherever they're watching, today, let there be imparted, God, a sense, an understanding, a confidence that we are overcomers. That we do not have to yield to the corruption, the moral decay that's in the world. That we do not have to compromise who we are. That we can overcome the winds and the waves, the storms that lash against us. Because you always cause us to triumph. And even though at this moment, some may be perplexed. So I don't see an answer. I don't see a solution. That's okay. There's a God in heaven who has the answer. There's a God in heaven who knows how to make a way. There's a God in heaven who knows how to open doors that are closed. There's a God in heaven who knows how to unravel a complex situation and make it so easy for you to walk through. There's a God in heaven who is able to make people who today may be hostile towards you to come and shower you with un, 
divided unprecedented favor on your life there's a God in heaven who can make that happen for you so stand firm in faith walk with a renewed mind knowing that what God can do embrace the thoughts and the ways of God with God nothing is impossible Every mountain will be brought down. Every valley will be lifted up. And God can do that in your life. So Father, even this morning, may each one of us know that we can overcome the world. We can overcome all the things that come against us and around us. We can overcome. We can walk victorious. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. We're going to just worship a few moments. Sir, will lead us. And then we're going to come back and just minister as the Holy Spirit leads. And just want you to be open. Just want you to receive what the Lord Just want to speak the name of Jesus and over every heart and every mind. As I know there is peace within your presence, I speak Jesus.
power. Can we sing it? Your name is power. Your name is power. Your name is healing. Your name. Shout Jesus from the mountains, Jesus in the streets, Jesus in the darkness over every enemy. Jesus for my family, I speak the holy name, Jesus. Let's lift it up. Jesus in the streets, Jesus in the darkness over every enemy. Jesus for my family, I speak the holy name, Jesus. Cause your name is power, your name is healing, your name. I just want us to pray for just two things right now and then our pastors will also pray for other things. One is, I just want to just, can we all just put our hands on our mind? And this may not necessarily apply to everyone, I mean, on, on your forehead. This may not necessarily apply, apply to every person, but we can all do this. And I just want to pray. And those of you watching, if you are able to just put your hands on your forehead, just go ahead and do that. And so Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, even as we have sung and declared, I speak against the lies and the deceptions, the untruths that may have come to our mind, whatever be the source. 
whether it's untruth that has come in through friends who've spoken things to us or through any other means right now in the name of Jesus I cast down every thought every imagination every high thing that is contrary to the word of God I cast it down and I declare that our minds are holy grounds. Our minds have been purified by the word of truth. I declare that our minds are consecrated. Our affections, our thoughts, our dreams, our appetites, our desires are consecrated to God. Our minds are holiness unto the Lord. And so there is no place for lies and deception, untruths, for anything unholy in our minds. I declare this in Jesus' name. Everyone said, Amen, Amen. I just want to pray also for healing, but I'll do that right after. I'll just give our time, give time for our pastors to minister. Go ahead, Selena and Nancy. Just want to go ahead, share. Come forward, come, come. Okay, um, I just, uh, as we were praying, I just feel like uh, God is uh, encouraging those who have been trusting God in prayer. Um, uh, you know, uh, as if uh, uh, the face of God is shining upon you and as God's word uh, scripture encourages us it says that God's uh, that his face is turned towards the righteous and his ears are inclined to the cries uh, of the righteous so um, I just want to encourage those of us who've been persevering persevering in prayer that uh, you know just uh, hold forth don't give up and uh, you know God's spirit uh, the Holy Spirit aids us he empowers us uh, in our prayer and uh, I just want to speak that word of encouragement over us um, and also I, I want to pray for a couple of uh, um, conditions uh, people who um, uh, I mean I, I just sense pain in your in your fingers pain in your fingers your your hands um, those of you who have any conditions related to that I want to speak healing over it in the name of Jesus and also um, those of us who have uh, conditions with connected to the eye and uh, that is related uh, because that is because of nerves uh, okay uh, problems with the eye um, because of nerves uh, I just see God healing those conditions right now uh, and also those who are having severe lower back pain severe um, uh, severe lower back pain you know I, I just uh, see that God is healing uh, people with that situation so um, I, I um, declare healing, Father. Thank you for for uh, Lord revealing to us, Lord, what what your heart is. And God, we thank you, God. We thank you for your finished work on the cross. And in the name of Jesus, Lord, I release healing, Lord, over all these conditions. God, I command uh, God for organs to function well. I command every pain to be removed. I also take authority over every assignment of the enemy. Enemy, uh, which is behind behind these conditions and I destroy I destroy those strongholds in Jesus mighty name and I release healing I release healing uh, to uh, to people right now father we thank you Lord father we give you all the glory for what you're doing in Jesus name
if anyone who's watching online or you're here in the auditorium and you had a miscarriage you know sometime in the past you had a miscarriage uh, there's a lot of brokenness grief pain there's fear and anxiety and you think that god has let you down um, you know you you think that you'll never have a child uh, but god is sovereign he's great he's merciful he's a good god he sees your brokenness he sees your pain he sees your grief he knows your sorrow he knows every tear that you are shedding and he's just healing you and he's turning your sorrow into joy so let's just pray for um, people who have had miscarriage and you know going through grief and sorrow and pain father in jesus name in the mighty name of jesus we speak healing god for all of them who have lost that 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 their children father in the last one year father had a miscarriage god you are a good god you are a loving god you're a faithful god god you're a god who sees their pain their sorrow their grief you are there with them god and you are just telling them this this afternoon just trust in me have faith in me don't lose your faith don't don't look at what you have lost look at me because i'm a god who can redeem things for you i'm a god who can bless you abundantly more than you can even ask think or imagine and god is casting out the spirit of grief and brokenness and pain right now from your from your heart from your mind from your entire being in the name of jesus we break every spirit of grief and pain and sorrow and brokenness and we just release we release the power of god we release the love of god we release the favor of god we release the joy of the lord to be your strength and we thank you god that you are healing their womb that you are healing their brokenness and their pain we thank you god we thank you that you are going to bless them more abundantly more than they can even ask think or imagine because you are a god who's good and faithful god we thank you we bless you in jesus name we pray amen for those of you who have had shattered dreams um and you know your dreams are like haunting you your your broken dreams are haunting you you think you can um, never go ahead in life um there's nothing in store for you there's nothing good uh, but god is saying you know uh, look ahead i have plans for you to prosper you not to harm you plans to give you a hope and a good future the things that you thought were the best for you were not my best for you the things that you thought were the right person or the right job or the right situation was not what was the best that i have for you i have great things for you don't lose your faith just hold up uh, your your hope in me just trust in me just look up to me because i am your god who would lead you and i would guide you and i will strengthen you and i will open doors and i will open um you know uh, doors of um, uh, of abundant favor uh, like joseph had uh, like daniel had that you could not even contain it that you could not even hold it that you cannot even imagine that this can be your portion that this can be your life and that is what god has in store for you so let's just pray for people with shattered and broken dreams god you are a god who's a god who can restore broken and shattered dreams god you're not a god of the past you're not a, a god of brokenness but you're a god who restores you're a god of the present you're the god of the future you're a god who has great things in store for your people god you're a god who's good and you have plans to prosper us and plans to give us a hope and a future a plan to give us success a plans god to make us the head and not the tail father god and god we pray for those of them <clears throat> 
who've had broken dreams and shattered dreams God we pray that they will arise father you will they will arise from their pit that mighty clay of brokenness and grief and self-pity God that you will raise them up there's time for them to arise and shine God because you have great things in store for them they will walk by faith and not by sight father they will not look behind God because when they look behind all they can see is darkness and gloom and pain but they will look ahead God they will continue to run their race with perseverance looking at you father because you are their strength because you are their hope because you are their salvation because you are their redeemer because you are their Jehovah Jireh their provider because you are Emmanuel God with them because you are El Shaddai the all-sufficient one for them you are Jehovah Nissi their banner that they can shout their victory father and God they will move ahead God and they will receive supernatural favor God great abundance and favor like Joseph received like Daniel received that they cannot contain it within themselves God and all they can do is just fall on their knees and worship and praise the one who can do great things in their life a God who's faithful a God whose shadow even never turns away from them a God who loves them a God who has great things in store for them God and so we release God you will release your plan and purposes God in their lives will be fulfilled God and they will position themselves father they will position themselves in the place that you want in that place of favor the place of restoration they will position themselves right like Elijah positioned himself right like Joseph positioned himself right God and God they will receive that favor and God they, they will they would um, that people will see that you are God because you are God at work in their lives father we thank you we bless you God we thank you for all that you are doing in the lives of your people we give you glory and honor and praise in Jesus name we pray amen all right before we close we just want to give an invitation for anybody who you've never received Jesus into your life and you would like to do that uh, I just want to lead you in a simple prayer and then we will close in prayer is anyone watching online? You've never received Jesus into your life. I want to just lead you in a simple prayer. If you would like to do this, if you would like Jesus to come into your life, forgive your sins, and make you a child of God, and bring you, bring you into his kingdom, I just invite you to just pray this prayer with me. Express it to the Lord. Just say this with me if you've never done this before. Lord Jesus, Come into my life. Forgive my sins. Make me a child of God. And help me follow you. And you alone. The rest of my life. I pray this in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Anybody who prayed this prayer with me for the first time. Just like to see your hands. Anybody who's, if you've done this for the first time. Just raise your hands. Anybody in this auditorium? Anybody? You did? All right. Okay. All right. I don't see anyone's hand. If you, if there's anyone watching online and you did that for the first time, just type on the chat or uh, email us. We'll rejoice with you. We'll celebrate with you. All right. I'm going to go just agree with what has been spoken and close in prayer. All right, let's do that. And when you receive your miracle, you receive a touch from God, please send us an email, share your testimony with us. Father, we say an amen to all the words that were spoken, God, for all the 
uh, the specific words for healing and and father even things that have not been spoken of right now let the healing words of Jesus flow touching healing delivering working miracles let the needs of the people be met even as they call on your name Lord and we thank you it is done with the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ the love of God our Heavenly Father and the sweet fellowship of his Holy Spirit continue with each of us always in Jesus name Amen Amen. Thank you for listening we trust this message was a blessing to you for more free resources including sermons, sermon notes, publication please visit apcwo.org for information on APC Bible College in Bangalore please visit apcbiblecollege.org Please remember to download the All People's Church Bangalore app from the app or Google Play Store.